We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Indiana, home of Pacers basketball. Miller for three, and he got it. Legends have been born. Miller retreats to the three-point line and hits again. Memories have been made. Caliburn, a deep three for the lead. Great basketball has been played. Nembhard away. Hits the three and the buzzer. In 49 states. It's just basketball. Flips it to the big fella, fake, shoots, and But this, this is Indiana. And you're listening to Setting the Pace. Let's go! Your go-to Pacers podcast. Setting the pace with Alex and Fachi. Alex and Fachi. Alex and Allison. Setting the pace with Alex and Fachi. Alex and Fachi. Alex and Allison. Setting the pace with Alex and Fachi. Alex and Fachi. Alex and Allison. Setting the pace with Alex and Fachi. Alex and Fachi. Alex and Allison. We got paces hooping. Let's talk stats. Hot takes. All fast. New topics. Updates. Three pointers. Fast breaks. We keep scoring. We don't need to stop. New episodes. Weekly drops. This your number one podcast, sweeping every team. We gon' need a mop. Setting like the pace with Alex and Fachi. Alex and Fachi. Alex and Allison. Setting the pace with Alex and Fachi. Alex and Fachi. Alex and Allison. Setting the pace with Alex and Fachi. Alex and Fachi. Alex and Allison. Setting the pace with Alex and Fachi. Alex and Fachi. Alex and Allison. What is going on, Pacer Nation? Welcome back to your go-to Pacers podcast. Setting the pace, the Indiana Pacers fall 117 to 110 to the Phoenix Suns in the road trip that they had, the six-game road trip, 2-4. and four. I think that is what we all kind of expected. And so the Pacers, you know, they're still above 500. they They're still in a good spot, made a big trade during this road trip too. So, Fachi, a lot to talk about, but this game specifically, how are we feeling? Well, we felt better. The Pacers had opportunities. I thought going into this game, no Tyrese Halliburton, no Isaiah Jackson. Anytime Halliburton's out, you're like, all right, Things are going to be tough tonight. And the Pacers, I think, at times, they they fell behind, and Phoenix looked like they were going to run away with it. But Phoenix never really could fully put the Pacers away, and the Pacers had opportunities. They took a late lead in the fourth, and you know you started thinking, wow, we might actually take this one. But in the end, that is a really good Phoenix team that I don't think has lived up to their potential thus far, but they're starting to click far more. Anytime you got Kevin Durant on the floor and Bradley Beal and uh, Devin Booker, you got a good chance. And tonight, the Phoenix Suns, they grinded it out. They got the win. Yeah, I mean, this Phoenix Suns team, the biggest problem with them is they just haven't been healthy this year. Mm -hmm. So 
they're, they're starting to get a little bit healthy. They're 24 and 18. They've got Kevin Durant, Bradley Beal, Devin Booker all scored 25 points or more in this game. And it's hard to stop a three-headed monster like yes. that, especially without your number one guy. But the Pacers still had opportunities here to win this game, Fachi. The bench, they did have a much better showing. We knew that mm-hmm. this team was going to bounce back. Phoenix's bench is not very good. Only nine points in this game, Fachi. So we knew the Pacers were going to have a good chance. Jairus Walker, uh, he outscored Phoenix's bench in this game. So that just kind of shows you some stuff. But Obi Toppin had 13 points. Shalen Smith had 15. Uh, Andrew Nimhart had nine off the bench. Matherin and Shepard had four each off the bench. So, you know, it it was like we knew the bench was going to bounce back. We were unsure if Tyrese Halliburton would play or not. There was a lot of question marks if he would or would not play. And he did not play. TJ McConnell got the start with Neesmith, with Heald, with Turner, and Siakam playing in his second game. I don't know. I don't know where you want to start out here because there's a lot of different places we can go. But I'll let you take – I'll take the mic from me here and, and direct me in one way. We'll start with Pascal Siakam. So Siakam as the guy. No Tyrese Halliburton. You quickly see, like, Siakam, very good player. How good is your team going to be if he's your number one Meh, you know, probably not that great. That's why we felt great with him being the number two with Tyrese Halliburton. So no Halliburton, obviously that makes things a a bit tougher. And I felt the Pacers did not get Siakam the ball enough. Just 14 shots in this game. I I wanted him. There was plenty of times I was saying, give it to him. Beat Siakam. He he had moments at mid-ranger. I I love it. Seven assists. Mm -hmm. Great to see. But I just felt that. This is a game that he probably should have been more aggressive. They should, I mean, 15 points. It was the second leading scorer on, on this team behind Buddy's 18. So, in my opinion, I just feel like Siakam with Tyrese Halliburton, sky is the limit. Siakam with TJ McConnell and Andrew Nemhard, you know, a little bit different. I mean, that's the case for everybody. You're talking about a superstar level player in Tyrese Halliburton. So, don't want to, don't want to. Put him down too much, but I will say this: he did give you a little bit of a wrinkle in tonight's game, the versatility to play a smaller lineup with Pascal at the five. I, I liked it. Yeah, and and the Pacers found some success. They ended up playing him and Obi Toppin and Aaron East within the front court with Buddy Hield and Nimhart to kind of close this game out. Made a little bit of a run of it, and they they gave themselves a fighting chance, but just it wasn't enough in the end. But you know, Miles Turner in this game, five of eleven from the field, twelve points, only two rebounds. Um, he had two blocks, but he was a minus 25. He was the worst of anybody plus minus wise on the court tonight. And I think part of it's just because this is a really bad matchup for him, depending upon you know how you have to guard all these guys in space. So Rick Carlisle kind of punts on the traditional big big man lineup and goes small. And we really saw Aaron Neesmith kind of go all out defensively. We, we saw, even at times, Adrian Nimrod, I thought he played really good defense. And trying to defend Devin Booker is not a easy task and Devin Booker yeah he had I think 25 26 points tonight but he did it on 24 shots so he wasn't very efficient so I don't know I just feel like Pascal Siakam he just kind of showed you some versatility tonight and then we saw a weird bench combination of players because we saw Jairus Walker play the three a little bit more tonight and we're starting to see that as shots starting to come together a little bit more I think that you can maybe see there is a future there for him to play some more three and four. I don't know if it's a long-term thing, but if they need it, they need to do it in a pinch. They have that versatility that have that optionality. There was something about seeing him play the three tonight and the way that he played that gave me a lot of hope moving forward because, you know, while the shot was falling, I mean, he goes four of six, 10 points. Great to see. Hit a couple threes rebounds. He had nine boards that led the Pacers. He had six rebounds in his first seven minutes. 
and, and I, a couple of those were leading his second chance, you know, buckets. He had a putback slam. He had a, he saved another ball that uh, so I think Ben Shepard ended up getting fouled on, going to the free throw line. And th- this was just like good active play. So I liked some of the tweaks that Carlisle made between having him at the three, having Siakam at the five. It's like, this is what you have to do when you have a log jam at the four. Some guys neither need to slide up to the three. Someone's got to slide down on the five. I felt like this was a good experiment. And tonight, Jarris just had those moments where you could see a player that very well could be special in this league. But mm. it's going to take some time, no doubt. But I felt like I was grabbing my ticket at the deli and getting in line and saying, we got to play Jarris Walker more. I was like, I felt like it was like, I am there now. Because what I saw was like, okay, we needed something a little bit different tonight. And Jarris Walker gave the Pacers good minutes. Yeah, I saw I saw a lot of hot takes on, on social media basically saying, you know, he should be in the rotation now. And moving forward, you know, he should be in the rotation. It's still going to be tough. I mean, it is. you bring back Tyrese Halliburton, it just kind of shifts everybody down one out of spot. And then, I don't know, Isaiah Jackson has not been playing yeah. either, too. So we'll see what happens. But I definitely think that Jarris has made a strong case for himself in the Sacramento game and in this game against mm-hmm. Phoenix for why he is more deserving of playing time. I'm still not trying to like hang my hat on saying like, Oh yeah, he's going to be banking minutes now <laughs> just because he had a couple of good games. Cause we know that Rick Carlisle does not like to play rookies. And Quinn Buckner even said it blatantly on the podcast or on the podcast, on the, on the broadcast tonight. He said, you know, Rick doesn't play a lot of rookies, but these guys are getting extended playing time because of the opportunity tonight with injuries and stuff like that. And, and they needed to throw a little bit of a different look out there and get some more size out there. So maybe maybe it would have been interesting to see what Jarris looked like closing out one of these tough games like that. But we did see how that, that stretch went against Sacramento when he was helping close out the game. It was a little rough. But they needed ball handling. Andrew Nimhard was kind of in and out of the rotation tonight with his injury. Matherin at one point got benched after a play in the first quarter. Didn't really see the floor until the end of the second. So... Just a lot of interesting wrinkles here with all these different lineup combinations, and I feel like this was like the guys on their last leg of this road trip, ready to get back home, trying to you know scratch and claw to find a victory, a way to win this game. But it just unfortunately wasn't enough. If Tyrese Halliburton plays Fachi, you think we win this game? I do. I really do. And I, I found myself saying that to myself, and I know that is the easiest excuse. It's the easiest to say Halliburton plays this game, we win. Because I believe it. It's just that I just feel like we would have got Siakam involved a lot more. We would have gotten better looks for a lot of guys that struggled. Matherin goes one of eight in this game. I mean, uh, McConnell wasn't looking great. Uh, Nemhard struggled. There was a ton of guys that that just Neesmith shots weren't falling. We've seen Neesmith so much better with Halliburton. Like we said before, that's the case for everybody. But it, it's tough. Um, and I know, you know, hey, look, the road trip, it's over. I think it, it is good to... Get Halliburton some rest. Never expected him to come back against Portland in the first place. Mm-hmm. So we could still say he's ahead of schedule. You know, I know that it's tough to drop that game against Portland. Drop this one, especially when you feel that, you know, we, we would have won this with Halliburton. But at the same point, you know, you, you've said it best in the past. Get to sleep in our own beds soon. So this team, they're, they're looking forward to hitting that pillow, you know, getting a little bit of rest and, and getting back to it. But, I mean, we've seen all the hot takes. We know how it goes. I saw on Twitter, 0-2 with Siakam, as if that had anything to do with him at all. You know, it's a, it ain't his fault. But that's just sometimes how the cookie crumbles. And I think that 
We just need to find a way to how do we get this team healthy at the same time? It always feels like, hey, Halliburton comes back. Well, all right, well, Nemhard's out. Uh, you know, Jalen Smith's back. Oh, well, Isaiah Jackson. You know, there's always someone in, someone out. It just makes it tough. I feel like we're getting healthier. You, you would imagine, I imagine, because this seemed like more of a rest issue, not an aggravation. That right. Halliburton will be back out there for the next game. Isaiah Jackson, look, concussions, they could be pretty tricky. I don't know. Sometimes it could be long-term. Sometimes it's short-term. I imagine Isaiah will be back in the near future. So I'm excited to get th- this this team you know, right and healthy. But, Alex, there was a couple other reasons why maybe they dropped this game. You lose by seven. You miss nine free throws. Nine. Yeah. And I'm not saying you have to hit them all, but there was a time where if you would hit half of them, it's a much closer game. I mean, towards the end of the game, you know, Things got a little bit out of hand. This was a very close game with about 35 seconds left. It, it was, uh, you know, maybe a four or five point game, I believe it was. So, yeah, I mean, were it. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This game really got close for the majority of the second half of the fourth mm-hmm. quarter. So the Pacers cut it to 103-102 and it set at 103-102 for like two and a half minutes. Yes, it did. It felt like both teams were trying to break away from each other and they couldn't do it. They just kept fumbling the bag when they were trying to make a basket or they would turn the ball over or whatever. And finally, Buddy Heald drills a three to give the Pacers a two-point lead. And it felt like we finally broke the ice. We got the monkey off our back. They go to timeout, and then Kevin Durant hits a three right out of the timeout. The Suns get the lead back, and we're going back and forth again. Nimhart ends up tying it. But 
it was just one of those things where you're sitting there thinking to yourself, man, it just took us so long to get those three points from Buddy Heald. We did exert a lot of energy, but to me, the problem was after that, the Sun started targeting Buddy Heald in the pick and roll. The Pacers were obviously playing small. There was no rim protector out there. Siakam's playing the five. And these guys were like, okay, the worst defender out here by far is Buddy Heald, so we're going to attack him. And three straight plays in a row, the Suns attacked him, and they scored. And this is going to be a sign of things to come. I had people messaging me saying, you know what? This is what it's going to look like in the playoffs when Buddy Hill's out there. And I said, Buddy Hill doesn't even have to be out there on the court. He still he still serves a purpose to this team. But people are forgetting. That's what's going to happen to Tyrese Halliburton. Tyrese Halliburton in these type of situations is going to be targeted because Tyrese is not a strong defender. I would even say that Buddy Hield is a better on-ball defender than Tyrese Halliburton. I would say so. Because he at least uses some of his body because he's, you know, thicker to me. Then Tyrese Halliburton is a little bit more thin than Buddy, so he can kind of hold his own to a certain degree compared to a Tyrese Halliburton. They're both bad defenders. We're not sitting here saying one's that yes, much better it, than it, the other. Yeah. But, no one's getting votes for all no. defensive team over here. No. But I mean, Buddy Buddy has shown times where he's willing to be more physical than Tyrese is. So that was that's that's me is where I'm sitting here watching this game thinking, okay, yeah, we want to cook Buddy for this. And everyone's like, oh, you know, Buddy shouldn't be out there. Yeah, it's been it was rough. It was rough defensively. And I don't know what else they were gonna do to try to change things up in terms of def- defensively. Do you throw a Jairus Walker out there instead of a Buddy Hill? I don't know. Buddy was leading you in scoring at that point there wasn't a lot of offense going with this group either outside of trying to get Buddy some open looks and, and pro- provide spacing. But yeah, it's just going to be tough. And, and Tyrese is going to be in that same boat when you're playing teams like Phoenix, when you're playing teams that can kind of go out there and attack mismatches like this. So we're going to have to keep our eyes on how the Pacers look to try to play a little bit more help side. When you do see a guy get targeted like that, Maybe you leave a maybe you leave a Grayson Allen open or somebody else open to try to prevent Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, Bradley Beal from just cooking you. But you know, not a not a tall you know not an easy task, a very tall task for anybody guarding those guys. It's just kind of the nature of the business. I don't know if you felt the same way, but that's just where I'm at. No, I did. And, and look, you say tall task. It's about a seven foot task. <laughs> Kevin Durant, look, he had it going tonight. And I think when you talk about Devin Booker, yeah, he had 26 points, I believe it was. He had 12 in the first quarter. I felt the Pacers did do a better job on him you know, as the game went on. But some of the shots that Kevin Durant hits, it's like he doesn't even see the defender. He just shoots. I saw Neesmith give it everything he got, and Durant would just shoot right over him. And it, it didn't matter who it was. It's like that's why he is one of the best players of all time, a surefire Hall of Famer. It, it was tough. It was frustrating. He did 40 points on 18 of 25 shooting. That's ridiculous. I mean, yeah. I'm no mathematician, but I, I imagine that's upwards of 75%. You know, it's it's got to be between 75 and 80. It's like he had a really good game. And I just feel like Bradley Beal was someone where it kind of looked a little bit effortless. Also, 11 of 16 shooting. But, you know, talking about the Pacers, I, I just feel like Jalen Smith. Maybe I jinxed him. I don't know. Jalen had 13 at, at halftime. He was 5 of 5. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it was four or four, whatever it was. He he finished the game with fifteen. I yeah. mean, I was I thought this was the Jalen Smith revenge game against the Suns. Like stick it to him, Jalen. Oh, this is great. 
disappeared. There was nowhere to be found in the second half. Turner didn't even play the fourth. I felt like there was a couple guys who played well early on that really just kind of vanished in this game. But uh, overall, I mean, I, I Benedict Matherin is someone that the Pacers need to get going. We talked about a couple games ago against Sacramento. Amazing. The last two games, Alex, he is one of 16 yeah, from terrible. the field. It's it's as bad as could be. I don't think there's anyone who's going 0 of 16 in the NBA. You are 1 of 16. It, it's tough. You talked about him getting benched. Overall, it was not a good performance on someone that at this point you count on. You count on now to be that guy off the bench. And I felt like he didn't have it. And I'm happy that Andrew Nemhard returned. I do not think that he is anywhere near 100%. It was nice to have him back out there. But there was times where the shot just – it looked like he rushed it too much. I mean, obviously the four turnovers, the last one that, that he had was uh, – you know, kind of put the nail on the coffin this game. And, and just – it was a game that you felt that you, you could have had. But answer me this. Who are you beating in the NBA if you let them shoot 57% from the field? Not not gonna win a lot of games when you're doing that unless you're shooting them. You know, and it, it's you gotta tough. shoot sixty plus percent. I mean, that's so rare to do fifty seven percent. You can't let a team do that. No, and I mean that's part of the problem with this Pacers team. They still lack some defensive upside here. You know, they they've they've got I'm players better. and and they're growing right, but. It's just going to take some time, and I think getting Pascal acclimated to everything still is a work in progress. It's only two games in. Everyone's freaking out right now just because you add Pascal and people have lost two games in a row. But look at what the Clippers did. Clippers oh, yeah, like James five Harden. in a row, six in a row. It was ugly. five in a row. Everybody's like, Ty Lue's got to be fired. They made one small change, and boom. So we'll we'll see what happens with this group. We haven't even seen Tyrese really with Pascal except for one game. I'm not going to push the panic button anytime Either soon. It's just, it's just going to be a matter of time until everything's kind of fix itself. But yeah, Ben Matherin, interesting weekend for him. Friday night, really bad game. Saturday, you know, gets put into Arizona's, you know, ring of honor. Really cool honor for him. The entire team goes to watch the game. TJ McConnell gets some love going back home to his alma mater. But then all of a sudden you see Benedict Matherin in the first quarter. He's on a three-on-one fast break. And instead of passing the ball, to the open guy, which I believe was Pascal Siakam. He drives to the basket, and I think he missed the layup. It's all a blur right now. I was going back and forth between this game and obviously the really competitive playoff football game that was going mm-hmm. on. I was at my parents' house. But I remember he missed that layup, and all of a sudden he gets pulled out of the game. And I didn't really see the interaction between him and Carlisle, but people said you could tell like it was the shot that he took. And he didn't go back into the game until the end of the second quarter. So Rick Carlisle, you know, he is coaching him hard, and we've seen – that be kind of a reoccurring trend over this season, over last season. And fans really have a hard time with it because it feels like Ben is held to a higher standard than other people where a guy like Nimhard maybe gets more of a longer leash. But I just feel like maybe part of the problem is Ben's making the wrong play and, and not executing where maybe Andrew is executing or not executing, but at least he's making the right play. So yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, agree I think you have to kind of, balance things out definitely did not like the play Andrew Nimhard made at the end of the game I tweeted it out I really it was a tough. dumb play yeah when, when you're driving into traffic and there's not much space there and you just continue to keep driving maybe not try to force so much Andrew I know you're a physical guy but that was unnecessary to me get the ball into the hands of someone that can do it for you but yeah I mean it, it was a tough spot no easy way to put it I don't think that was the reason why we lost the game or no. anything like that 
but it was just a bad performance and bad execution by Andrew Nimhard. And I think it's okay to hold him accountable for that specific play. There was other times where he lost the ball, but coming back from injury, he just doesn't look like the Andrew Nimhard we saw last he year. And, and I'm not going to write him off anytime. I'm, I'm seeing people in my mention saying he's not an NBA player. I'm like, okay, you guys are just oh, being a little bit God. over the Come top. On. I know that I am a huge Nimhard defender, but let's be honest here. He'll be fine. He just really hasn't had a strand of like, Four or five weeks where he stayed healthy. He has been dealing with this injury all season long, and you can tell he does not look like himself. He doesn't, and I don't remember what the exact uh, verbiage was or description of this injury by the Pacers, but it was something related to his spine. It was like yeah. a like a bruised spine or something of, of a sort. Uh, here, I finally got it pulled up in front of me. Um Thoracic spine uh, spine sprain. Yeah, I, I don't even know what that is. It doesn't sound good though. Uh so look, I'm happy that he he was out there. Did not look like himself. My mentions got flooded by some unfortunate Nemhard hate. Look, guys, we'll, we'll call it like it is. Yes, obviously, a lot of times we, we praise him because his future is so bright. Yeah, tonight he has, he didn't look good, and 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 this this season is not what any of us hoped for. Last year he was so awesome. I mean, just gave. All the hope in the world as to like this kid's going to be special, and I do think that he has everything that it takes to you know bounce back, and, and I'm excited for that. But I think for right now, it was more of hey, Tyrese is out. Can you give it a go tonight? Yeah. And and he did give it a go, and he was still a positive plus minus. He was plus two in the game. I mean, you look, you look at yeah. the starters. The starters did not, not did not play well. But going back to real quick for Siakam, 14 shots. I mean, Obi Toppin at 12. Turner didn't even play the fourth quarter. He had 11. I just feel like it was like Siakam needs more touches to be more involved, especially in a game where it's like, it, where, where's the scoring really coming from? It just felt like the Pacers didn't know who that next basket was going to come from. They were swinging around. Classic Pacers. I mean, they got six guys in double figures, but it was, you know, 10, 12, 13, 15. Yeah. It wasn't the, you know, the 25s, the, the 20s, anything like that. So, you know, overall, yeah, it's frustrating, but this is the end of, of a road trip that we knew was going to be a very tough one. We thought world's best case scenario, four and two. Yeah. But three and three was what we were like, okay, you go three and three, we could definitely live with that. Look, it's two and four, but you know what? In the process, you made a big trade that changes your outlook moving forward. And for that, I still feel extremely confident in this Pacers team. But tonight, yeah, they, they, they let one slip away, but in, in the end... Phoenix is going to be a team that is going to do some some real solid work this second half of the season. This is not a bad loss. No, I mean, if we don't make the trade, you can make the strong argument that maybe we do win one of these games because Probably. you're not messing up the chemistry and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. You know, when you're integrating somebody new into the offense and just bringing them into the system, they're trying to figure you out. You're trying to figure them out. There's new terminology. There's all different sorts of things that you have to work through. I'd rather get through those now, though, because the Pacers are on the second back of the last 41 games of the season. They're 0-2 now, but we can see how that all plays out because I think there's a good chance that this team can figure the problems out, get things going. You know, this next coming week, they have three in a row at home. There are some very tough opponents, but they can get some revenge games here. They've got Denver, they've got Philly, and they've got Phoenix. I think they feel confident that they could hang with Phoenix. I think they feel confident they could hang with Denver. So, not saying that those teams, you know, aren't, you know, aren't 
we're not, I'm saying we're better than them. I'm not trying to say that, but I'm saying we can hang with them. This is a, an opportunity for the Pacers to kind of show like we belong in this upper echelon of teams that is really trying to compete in the entire NBA. So I, I'm not worried about that, but overall, I just felt like good effort. Obviously you wish they would have won at least maybe one more game, probably could have won the yeah. Portland game, should have won that game. Yeah. This was an uphill battle the entire time. You made a game of it, but couldn't pull it out. I mean, definitely playing not bad basketball. The only blowout they had in this entire road trip was against Utah. So that to me says, all right, they're competing. They're playing at a good level. They just got to, you know, get healthy, tighten the loose ends, and continue growing this thing. But with so many rumors looming out there for the next couple of weeks, we'll have to see if this roster does get impacted anymore by any trades that could be made. So I'm just, I'm just ready to see this roster kind of get settled into who they are and, and kind of figure things out. But I don't think we had any hot OB top and takes today. Did we? Mm, no, not a mind. I mean, we oh yeah. I mean, look, I mean, and all this. Well, and... Yeah. Oh, exactly. I mean, last game, OB played, you know, 11 minutes, uh, this time, you know, he, he, he produced far more than that. You know, he had 12 points. It, you know, looked looked pretty good out there. I think, you know, last time from 11 minutes to 11 shots, it shows that he was yeah. far more involved this time around. But I wonder if some of the tinkering of the lineup was in case the Pacers are to make a move, you know, doing things like playing Jarris at the three a little bit or Siakam at the, at the five, little things like that. Who knows? Maybe it was just by situation. I don't know. But overall, the Pacers still have roughly – this was the 43rd game of the season. So you have roughly half the season left. So I think this is a great time where you can be able to develop fantastic chemistry. Uh, but also one thing that I wanted to add is when the Pacers have seen a team twice, they have made the adjustments except for Portland. Uh, you know, now we've played Denver already. We've played Phoenix already. So I, I look forward to, to seeing how we respond because I think it's very similar to you know, when we lost to Boston or, or you know, when we lost to Philly or, or, you know, any of those teams that we played earlier in the year that we came back and responded with, I'm excited to see what adjustments Carlisle makes this time around. But also, next time we play Denver, you expect Tyrese Halliburton out there. He was not out there the first time. Next time we play Phoenix, we expect Tyrese Halliburton out there again. So I'm excited to see that. So, guys, Let's let's brush our shoulders off a little bit. Forget forget this loss. It's not a bad loss. It's not in the same category as Portland. But moving forward, let's get this team healthy. I want to respond. Let's let them get home, get a little bit of rest. Let's get back out there. Yeah, I mean, and they play the Nuggets, who are on a five-game East Coast road trip. This will be the fourth of their five games. So we'll see how the Pacers play against them. And Tyrese obviously did not play in that game uh, against against the Nuggets at in Denver. So. It'll be interesting. Obviously, no Bruce Brown there to tell you what plays they're running, so that that will hurt. But I think that this is a good. This is a still. I still feel pretty good about this Pacers team. I'm not ready to hit the panic button yet. Still in seventh place in the Eastern Conference at 24 and 19. Still just two games back of fifth place. The schedule is going to get lighter. They've had a really tough schedule opponent wise this month, so I'm not overly concerned. It's going to be okay. But I think for this game alone, it's just you didn't have three. Dogs like Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, and Bradley Bill. You were trying to win by committee, and when Buddy Hill leads your team with 18 points against that type of performance that we saw from those big three, you're not going to likely see a win. So 
good effort, but just not enough, Fachi. And I think that we, you know, we owe it to the guys for competing, but they could have been better. They could have made this more of a game than it was. But unfortunately, they Tyler Bassed it and they missed the Oof. field goal. Yeah. With the, with the opportunity to make it a, a tight game and just couldn't close it in at the end. No, they couldn't. And uh, yeah, hey, got, got a feel for Buffalo Bills fans. Because this was their last game of the year. They, they're gonna we talk about you know going home to get some sleep, they're gonna get about six months of that. So for, for now, you know, I, I think that uh you know the Pacers, I, I'm happy that we have another game to be able to respond. So everybody, things are gonna be good. I can't wait to see more Halliburton and Siakam. I'm keeping my eyes on to did Jarris Walker do enough to be able to to you know, get in there because anytime I saw him come in there earlier, I was excited. There are yeah. there's some good storylines coming from this game, but with the trade deadline and just about you know roughly two weeks from now, a lot of questions, not enough answers. We're gonna find out. That's the exciting team. Uh, that's the exciting thing about this team. So you're just gonna have to stay tuned. Absolutely, Pacho. Go ahead and tell the people where they can find us at on social media. Absolutely. So you can find us on Twitter at Pacers Pod STP. Alex can be found on Twitter at Alex Golden NBA. I can be found on Twitter at underscore F-A-C-C-I. You can find us on Instagram at PacersPodSTP. You can find us on Facebook at Setting the Pace. You can find us on TikTok at Setting the Pace. And Alex, tell them where they can check us out on YouTube. Yeah, you can go to YouTube.com slash Setting the Pace, a Pacers podcast. You can find all of our video content. Make sure you guys subscribe to the channel there. And if you're not already, subscribe to this podcast. Leave us a five-star rating interview. Let us know what you think in the review so we can get some feedback and, and try to make this show a better experience. But with that being said, Bachi, if you're hoping after this long road trip, the boys can get home and sleep in their own beds, then hit me with those three words. Let's go Pacers! This is Tyrese Halliburton, and you're listening to Setting the Pace. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.